Roundtable. I'm your host, Jake Jackman, and you can reach us at the show by emailing us at championshiproundtable at gmail.com. Hello, my name is Louis Shackshaft. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Louis Shackshaft. I represent Sheffield Wednesday on the podcast, and I also write representing for Sheffield Wednesday for Shoot Football. Hi, I'm Andy Buckley-Taylor. You can find me via my Twitter handle, Twitter handle at BuckTaylor64, and I'm on here representing Derby County. Thanks so much for joining us today, guys. We'll start off making a round to where each of us have a few minutes to discuss what's been going on at our club this week. We'll start with you, Louis. A good win for Sheffield Wednesday, a much-needed win if you're going to push for promotion this season. What are your thoughts on Wednesday at the moment? Uh, you've summed that up straight away very well. Um, it was a win that we certainly needed, having only uh, got one point in the last three games. Um, I wasn't sure, obviously, how it was going to go yesterday. I know Wolves were struggling, but obviously they've got Paul Lambert coming to the club, so you just you just never know how it's going to go. Uh, but to be honest, um, couldn't be more pleased. Yesterday, we, we pretty much totally dominated the whole game. We, we scored both goals in the first half. Uh, it's, it's the first time this season that Sheffield Wednesday have actually scored two goals away from home. So that was pleasing as, as well as getting the clean sheet as well. Um, I mean, like I say, we, we totally dominated. Great performance. Uh, can't ask for more than three points. Uh, Wolves were, they, they, they had a couple of chances throughout. Um, but I am a bit worried about Wolves, to be honest. I'm sure we'll talk about them later on in, in one of the topics, uh, but they, they didn't look fantastic. But yeah, most of all, the three points, especially coming off from a poor month by our standards. So it's, it's, it's put us back into that mix of the top top seven as such. Uh, we're in seventh place now. Um, so yeah, I, I can't be happier. Um, Forestieri was back to his best. Uh, Carvajal mentioned that he was going to be back to his best this last few weeks, and he, he was certainly bang on the money with that. He uh, he scored against yes, he scored again yesterday. He scored two in two. Um, he pretty much created the second goal through his his own determination and desire to get to the ball. Um, so yeah, all in all, great three points yesterday, and hopefully, like I say, every week we can kick on from here and see where. The league table takes us. Yeah, I'm just looking at the league table now. You're currently in seventh, which isn't bad considering that every time you seem to come on, you've been talking about how you need to kick on and sort of push on for those playoff spots. You're really in the mix. Do you think that now this is the time that you're finally going to push on or do you think you're going to still remain inconsistent? Is that a, a, um, a worry you have about Wednesday at the moment? Um, I'm confident after yesterday that we, we can push on. I think it was the most dominant performance that we've had all season to be honest. We've, we've had games that we've won and lost and drawn obviously but there's, yesterday there was just something about the team what seemed to click and we were, we were more of a team how we played last season and, and to be honest it's funny I should say that because it, the, the team that he played last season was uh, yesterday was more of a team that he, he did play last season like with Wallace on the right, he had Zhao and Forestieri up front and, he, and he's, he's put Hutchinson back in, in midfield so it's it's a funny league because, like you've just said, Jake. It, even though we've had a bit of inconsistency of late, because everyone tends to beat beat each other in that league. You know, like I say, you, you can get three points, or, or you can have a good month, and you, you just seem to climb the table and be back in the mix again. So, all along, 
I've been on the podcast plenty of times and said that I still think that Sheffield Wednesday will finish sixth this season. But yesterday's win, seeing us back in that mix again and, and fighting for that top four as such, it, it certainly helps. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure that I'm confident that we, we can still push on. And I think we've got a few, I mean, I know every game's difficult, but we've got a few fixtures coming up over the next month. And I think we've got three home games against teams in the bottom half where we, sh- we should be picking up wins from at least a couple of those. So, yeah, hopefully we can uh, kick on from here. Yeah, just moving on to you now, Andy. Obviously, another win under Steve McLaren. He's really starting to take Derby up the table. You're only three points off the playoffs now. How are you feeling about Derby at the moment? Uh, yeah, <laughs> a lot better than uh, when I was on last time. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, uh, he he seems to have um, started pretty much the same as when he took over last time. Uh, last, you know, uh, Saturday's victory was probably the most satisfying of the, the matches uh, we've had so far. No disrespect, but uh, Norwich were in the Prem last season. They've got a good squad there. Uh, we were made to work very hard for the uh, win yesterday. Um, Norwich were very strong in midfield, but they didn't create much uh, inside the box. Um, it was nice that uh, a player which uh, cost us four and a half million pounds from them scored the winner for us, Bradley Johnson. And uh, overall, you know, brilliant. Uh, I think we're now three points uh, behind the top six, two points beyond Wednesday, ninth place. And a few weeks ago, if you'd said this is a position we'd be in now, I would have said you're, you're in cuckoo land. But I'm actually wondering, guys, um, after the uh, spell under Nigel Pearson, where we had a, a mean sort of character, with the return of McLaren, a player suddenly realised uh, what side their bread's buttered on, you know, because they, they, seem, they seem to want to play for him. And to be quite honest, the ball, the ball raised the game to another level. And we're playing like we did, you know, under Steve McLaren in the better times before. So all in all, very, very, very happy at the moment. And uh, hopefully it can continue. Well, as a Newcastle fan, I'm never going to be able to get behind Steve McLaren because of what he did to our club. But I'd just like to ask you quickly about Will Hughes. There were there were rumours this week that came out that he turned down a new contract. Do you think that it, you may have to sell him in January or the summer? Or do you think that the new buzz with McLaren at the club, that he could be convinced to stay uh, for another few years yet? I think Will Hughes is probably having a uh, suck-it-and-see approach to this. You know, he'll probably... I, I think he'll be with us for the rest of the season. And unless we, you know, fade away and uh, top six becomes, you know, an impossibility. Um, he's not going to take a, a, an extended contract now, which isn't in line with the top earners of the club, and then uh, see us go up. And he, you know, he's tied to like a three-year deal. So what? What I think is just boxing clever, you know, because if we if we don't if we don't somehow scrape up this season. He's going to be gone in the Premier League. He's, he's at the time now, he's at the stage now where he should be playing in there. And had he not missed uh, the majority of last season with injury, 
I think he'd be there now. So, you know, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, just moving on to Newcastle now. Obviously, we did lose at the weekend to Blackburn Rovers. It was our first defeat in 10 league games, uh, in 10 games in all competitions, I think. I think that would have been our 10th in a row. And it's sort of came out of the blue I think everyone expected Newcastle to beat Blackburn they were in the bottom three we were at top of the table by five points it was one of those fixtures that looked so winnable on the day especially at St James's Park but you know it just shows that anybody could beat anybody on their day and Blackburn came up with a, a good game plan they were very aggressive they did a lot of time wasting they didn't let the, the, the game play there's a lot of stoppages which I think affected our players and, and in the end they did get the three points the goal itself was a bit dodgy I, I think we could have defended it better but you know we can't really complain we, we've had a few goals that have been a bit lucky recently so it's just one of those things um I think what it was caused by was uh Benitez chose to make six changes to the team that beat Leeds which seemed a bit overkill for me but I'm not going to question Rafa Benitez even though we lost it we put a team that should have beaten Blackburn on the day and they didn't we had our chances Matt Ritchie in particular missed a good one Mitrovic missed a good one and Gale had a good chance after he came on to equalize there were chances there for us that we could we maybe could or should have taken but we didn't and we were punished for it it was it was it was a surprise but I think it it's just given the, the players and the fan base a reminder that we're not going to run away with this league. It, it, and if we are going to run away with it, we're going to have to sort of measure our expectations and give every single side respect. Because that's the second team in the bottom half that have come to St. James's Park and have uh, taken three points of us. And they've both been very similar performances. Um, it, it's a little bit worrying, our home form. Three of our four defeats have come at home. So maybe there's an issue there that Benitez needs to fix. But I'm not going to criticise him for what he did. We've got a... EFL Cup quarterfinal coming up on Tuesday. Obviously, he saw that as a as a more important game. Maybe not more important, but he thought that the team he put out yesterday should have been good enough to get the three points, and it would allow him to rest the likes of Gale, Paul Dummer, uh, Jack Colback for the game against uh, Hull, which is going to be a, a big game for us because we haven't been to a semi-final as long as I can remember. So it, it, it's a huge game, and I think even if, if we win that game, maybe the defeat against Blackburn will be worth it, but it it just reminded me that it's not going to be easy. And that said, there has been a bit of an overreaction from some fans on Twitter. There was a lot of fans talking about how we're going to, how that should be a reminder to us that uh, we're not going to run away with this league. And that, that sort of the normal ones that sort of took it as it was saying, we've won nine, nine matches in a row. A defeat was going to come eventually. Just take it on the chin and move on. Uh, things are good at the club at the moment there's no need to complain but then there was others that did complain and said that the players weren't good enough uh singling out players like Perez and Mitrovic for a lot of criticism saying they didn't want them at the club anymore uh talking about how we we weren't going to get promoted because of that win uh because of that game which is just a bit ridiculous I think you need to measure your expectations you have to measure how you act in defeat as well um, it it was just one of those days. Uh, we we probably were the better team. We had the better chances. On another day, we beat Blackburn two 0 and nobody bats an eyelid. So I think we just have to move on and, and take it in our stride. It was just one of those things. We're still top of the table. Uh, we can't really complain. We're the, we got a cup game in the week, so we focus on that and bounce back there. But yeah, just moving into the topics for today. Uh, we talked about this a lot on this show about the promotion relegation picture. We're moving into December now. There has been. 18 matches played. I think we've got a good idea about every club in the league. Uh, I just want to get your two thoughts on the promotion picture and the relegation one as well. Uh, the thing that jumps out at me at the moment is that 
Newcastle and Brighton are running away with it. Um, there is 10 points separating 7th and 2nd, which is a, quite a big jump. And even from 5th to 2nd is 9 points. So, you know, that they are starting to run away with it. And I'm not convinced that Reading and Birmingham and 3rd uh, and 4th are good enough to challenge for those top two places. So I think those, it will take a, uh, a huge achievement for a team to catch up with either one of those. But I just want to get your thoughts on it as well. Uh, we'll start with you, Andy. Well, I... I think your your champions are sitting on the top of the division as it is at the minute. I think Brighton will, this time round, uh, make the top two. They'll stay there. It's the next four, which is very interesting. Um, I'm not convinced Birmingham City are going to be in there. I know Fulham are sort of like hanging on the coattails. Um, I don't think they've quite got enough to, to break in. Sheffield Wednesday will finish top six. But I think you've got to watch out for the likes of Aston Villa, who who will climb, you know, further and further. They're going to be in the top six. Um, Leeds are looking fairly good, whether they can keep it up or not, I'm not sure about. Uh, as a wild card, I, I think uh, you can come back at Christmas and revisit me on this one. But I think Derby are going to sneak in there, um, judging by... Seen them over the past two or three seasons, looking at the players, you know, they they seem to have the look about them. They may be the team that uh, sneak in at the end, coming in on a run and on form. And in past years, that's boded quite well. But uh, your top two are sorted for me. But uh, the next six, yeah, big questions. But I expect Sheffield Wednesday and Aston Villa to be in there. Uh, Derby, the other one. Hmm. Not quite sure about the other one yet. To be honest, I'm going to have to completely agree with you, Andy. Um, I can't see past Brighton and Newcastle. Uh, Newcastle going to finish first for me. I've always said that Norwich will probably finish top two as well, but I know they've drifted apart slightly. And, and, and Brighton, they, they just continue to impress. Um, they've been the best team what's come to Hillsborough this season as well, and they beat us on that day 2-1. So, yeah, like you say, I can't look past Newcastle United and Brighton. Um, regarding the top six and the playoff spots, I know, obviously, Reading, Birmingham, Leeds and Huddersfield occupy those spaces at the minute. I'm going to be controversial and, and but agree with you, Andy, and say that all those four teams that are sat there at the moment, moment are going to re- be replaced by, at the end of the season. Um, and I'm going to say between third and sixth that Sheffield Wednesday, Norwich... Aston Villa and Derby will finish in those top six spaces uh, simply because I think overall they've got the better team and talent usually prevails over the course of the 46 games. And and generally going into the playoffs, it's, it is the form team what generally will finish either fifth or sixth and, and potentially even go up. So when, when you, you, you're looking at Aston Villa now and they've just completely climbed the table under, under Steve Bruce, I, I can't really look past Villa not finishing the top six now, to be honest, especially with, with home form and, and, and the players that they've got. Um, so, yeah, generally, looking down at the bottom of the league, I'd have to say you can't, again, look past Rotherham, Wigan, are both sat there. And, and, I, and I think Wolves are probably going to drop into that bottom three and Cardiff overtake them. Um but other than that, I'd, I'd have to completely agree with you both on that. 
um, especially you, Andy, just saying that the, the form team usually comes into the top six. And for me, it's probably going to be Aston Villa this year. There's some interesting thoughts from my perspective, because I'd agree that a lot of the current top six are not going to finish there, but I do think a couple of them will. And and I think that may put a spanner into works of what you think is going to happen. Reading are the one that surprised me a lot, because they're in third on 34 points, six points off the top, but they're conceding a lot of chances. And, and if you look at things like expected goals, which I think are coming in a lot on Twitter, they, they've been overachieving a lot in what they should be doing. And, and I think their recent fixtures have helped in that. They've had a, a lot of easy games. I think they're the outlier. I think they're the one that are going to drop, definitely. Birmingham and Leeds are two that I think may stay there. I think Birmingham have, have sort of gone under the radar, but they've picked up two good wins against Bristol City and Brentford. Two teams that could be pushing for the playoffs as well. I know they've gone off it a bit recently, but they've both got good squads available to them. I think Leeds impressed me when we played them last week. Uh, on another day, they would have got either a point or three. They, they were very good and they've been in good form recently. I think Gary Monk is the right manager. The problem for them is their owner, whether he does stay with him when when things inevitably go bad at some point because they're not going to be winning until the end of the season. That's not going to happen. But I think those two may stay there. I, I, I've I talked about Birmingham before. They were my tip to go up through the playoffs, I think, the last time we discussed it. So I'm kind of pleased to see them doing what they're doing. I think they're going under the radar. When they played Aston Villa, for me, they were the better team and deserved to win on that day. I, I, I think they may stay there. I think they're going to be one that surprised everybody and sort of just go along under the radar, um, a bit like we expected Huddersfield to do, but they've gone off it. I'm not so surprised by their drop. Uh, I don't think that their squad is good enough to get into the top six. I thought that early form was kind to them. They had a lot of... E- winnable fixtures and I'm not too surprised that they've dropped off I, I expect them to challenge for playoffs but I don't expect them to get in there and I, I'm gonna I think it's gonna be Birmingham Leeds Norwich City because I think they're gonna replace Alex Neil and get somebody in with a bit of pedigree um maybe even maybe even a Mr Alan Pardew could get that job because I don't expect him to be staying at Crystal Palace for much longer uh it'd be a good job for somebody coming out of the Premier League because Norwich do have a good team available to them and I, I think Sheffield Wednesday will get there as well. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that for you, Louis. I'm not, I'm not totally convinced on Derby, but that may be my bias against Steve McLaren coming in on me on that one. I still want to see more from them to get in there. Um, and then Fulham and Aston Villa are another two that I, I could see getting in there, but I'm not expecting it at the moment. I think um, Aston Villa. There's still a lot of problems. They've been drawing a lot of games. There's there's still a bit of a losing mentality in that squad. And they're not winning games as they should do. So I, I need to be a bit more convinced by Derby and Aston Villa. So at the moment, I'm going to say Birmingham, Leeds, Norwich and Sheffield Wednesday. But it's it's impossible to tell. That's going to change on a week-to-week basis. Because at the moment, I could see anyone as low as maybe Brentford finishing in those top six places. And they're in 16th. So there is a lot of teams that could do it. Uh, it is an interesting one to follow. A lot more interesting than the top two because I'd agree that there's nobody in this league that is as good as Newcastle or Brighton, I think, for, for differing reasons. Brighton, I thought, should have went up last season. They were definitely... I thought they were one of the best two teams. I, I thought they were unlucky not to get in the top two. So I think they're going to go up and I think Newcastle will as well. The bottom three is it, difficult. I'd, I'd rather them are gone. I, I can't see them coming back. Wigan, uh, I'm not convinced by their appointment of the Manchester United reserve manager, was it Warren Joyce? I wasn't too excited by that. Cardiff, I think, will climb out. Neil Warnock knows what he's doing. And, and I think 
anyone above Barnsley in the table currently are going to be okay. I don't think they're going to be too worried about relegation. So yes, it's interesting. Wolves, Wolves are a, a worry, especially with the investment they've put in. They shouldn't be there. Burton as well. I think they may fall out of it, but it's 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 an interesting one. It changes by a week to week basis. This week, keep saying, um, Andy, what are your thoughts on the relegation battle in particular? Are there any teams down there that you think uh, could climb out of it, or any that you think are definitely going to go down apart from Rotherham? Well, yeah, I mean, because Rotherham, not a hope in hell of staying up, but I think Wigan uh, will go back down again. I think for years have been punching above the weight. No disrespect, but. Uh, the Premier League years that were playing well above a level that I ever expected them to be playing at. Burton Albion, for me, are going to be the team that slide into the bottom three. Um, it's marvellous that they've, you know, they've got this far. I can remember when they were playing in the same division as Grantham Town. So to, to achieve what they have has been quite remarkable. They're, but they haven't got the depth in the squad and they, they just simply can't score enough goals away from home. You know, if you're going to stay up, you've got to pick up the odd point away from home. And that's where they're really struggling. Uh, when they, If they pick up, you know, just one or two injuries, it will hit them hard. And I'm sorry to say, but I see Burton Albion as a third team. Just quickly going on to your two teams, uh, Sheffield Wednesday and Derby. Just looking at the table now, and you've each scored the lowest amount of goals in the top half. So it, Derby have scored 16 and Sheffield Wednesday have scored 20. Um that is two of the lowest in the top half of the table. Do you think that's an issue for both teams? Uh, Louis, we'll start with you. Do you think that goal scoring is an issue for Wednesday at the moment? I think it's it's not particularly an issue. Um, we, we've, we haven't been finishing off all of our chances, but I think all what it's taken is, and and we've been crying out for this moment, which has happened yesterday, is, is just for one of our front three, which is obviously Hooper, Forestieri or Fletcher, one of them to just find that form and, and start banging in the goals on, on, on a, not essentially a weekly basis, but every other week. And, and they, they need to start getting to over, over 10 to 15 goals minimum this season or be, between all three of them. And I think um, like Forestieri has, has certainly found his form at the moment and, and he could be the player what now kicks on and starts scoring more so on a regular basis. Um, and, I, and I think it would just... A matter of time before that happened at Wednesday. I've said on a few times that our so-called better players in the team, like your Bannons and your Forestieri's, haven't found their form which they had last season. And and on paper, yeah, they're, they're two of our better players. But it seems now, especially with Forestieri, like I mentioned, he's, he's been it's been said he's back to his best, and he certainly showed that yesterday. And he he, he created pretty much both goals. He, he got the penalty and. I don't think it's going to be an issue, but it, it, it certainly has been a question this last three months since the start of the season. Um, but we've got we've got the players to, to score the goals and, you know, put the ball in the back of the net. So hopefully, again, it's something that we can just kick on from here. But I certainly don't see it as an issue going forward for the remainder of the season. Yeah, and Andy, moving on to Derby, I guess it, it, this was an issue for you a few weeks ago, but you've scored nine goals in your last four matches, which more than doubles your goal count for the season. So I'm guessing that you're not too worried about goals now that McLaren's come in. But now that he has come in and he's sort of corrected the goal-scoring form, could that maybe have an impact on your defence? So maybe that's going to grow weaker because it's one of the best defences in the league at the moment. 
Uh, well, how many clean sheets are we on now? We must be, must have the most, or we must be in the top three for clean sheets. And uh, I would say, yeah, like you say, I'm not too concerned about scoring goals because there are people that can. Um, we, we drew a lot of blanks earlier in the season under Nigel Pearson. Uh, picked up since then, and the goals are coming from all over as well. Uh, Johnny Russell, Tom Ince has scored, uh, well, he, he scored four in two games. Darren Bentz weighed in with a couple. Bradley Johnson. There's other players within the side that, given the uh, opportunity, can bang them in. Um, but what I, do, what I do feel is that in January, we will bring in another striker for definite. Um, Chris Martin isn't coming back. Some fans keep harping on about if he comes back. But he's, he's scored a few for Fulham lately. They've got an option to keep him, and they're going to keep him. I think McLaren will bring another striker in. But we, we need a, a player that will complement Matty Vidra because in the current system, it, it just doesn't work for him. And that's why Darren Bent's starting. Uh, Vidra's getting 10 minutes at the end of every game. You know, although he, he looks dangerous when he comes on. There aren't enough balls being put through to him. But then again, that's the start of our play. But uh, it shouldn't have an adverse uh, effect uh, on uh, the, the, the defence, like you say, because we're, we're, we're keeping a lot of clean sheets. And uh, it's, uh, I'm quite surprised, actually, because uh, it's been done when we've uh, brought Alex Pierce, who couldn't, got, couldn't get a look in inside last season. We signed in before the start of last season. This season, ever since he came in and uh, replaced Jason Shackles, held his own, and he's been you know, one of the players of the past few weeks. And that weighed up with the fact is we've got a, a, a youngster, a rookie, playing at left-back, and uh, we're now down to using Chris Baird at right-back and still holding. Um, you know, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Yeah, I'd just like to move on to the next topic now. Uh, I'd like to talk about a winter break and whether you think there should be one in the UK. Uh, the festive period is obviously one that is talked about a lot in the Premier League because of the amount of games. For the Championship, it doesn't really have that much of an impact. I think um, there's six Championship games in, in December, which is the same for nearly any other month. So it's, it's not the, the increased scheduling. But do you think that maybe a winter break would be good uh, across the board in the UK? We'll start with you, Louis. Um, it's interesting you say about across the board because I was going to actually say in the championship I don't think there should be a winter break because like you say games come thick and fast in the championship anyway and there's 46 games to get through so from a personal point of view no for the championship it's, it's one of the most exciting stages of the season for me especially when you're not at work and things in the playing on Boxing Day and New Year's. The, the football is just absolutely fantastic and it, it, there's, there's not a better time for it really especially when I think over like I say, the Christmas and the New Year period, there's, there's about three games in seven days. So it's, it's you know, f from a football fan's perspective, it, it, it doesn't get any better. Um, regarding the Premier League, maybe it's something that could be considered just simply because, I mean, I, I, I've, I've looked into the research and I, I do follow a lot of Spanish football and, and, and they so-called have a winter break. But to be honest, that what they call a winter break is, is only a two-week period anyway because they, they actually play in the Copa del Rey. So from the 21st of December to the 7th of January, it's, it's just simply like an international break. It's, it's only a two-week period. And the, the only downfall to the Premier League, it may seem, is that 
are Spanish teams gaining an advantage when it comes to such as Champions League and things like that? Is, is that where they're getting their success? I know they're more superior teams anyway, but regarding a Premier League team, is, is that where they may be struggling um, in terms of more games in the Premier League over that two-week period? I don't know. It's, it's something to probably consider. Uh, but regarding championship football, no, not at all. Like I say, it's it's something what I absolutely love and adore at this at this time in December. Um, and you know, when when the, when there is a break, it's for me it's it's boring, and I, I like I like championship football or, or or any or any you know football in the UK to be played, you know, uh, as often as possible. So um, for me, no, I, I I just completely stay as we are and and look forward to the next five weeks yeah I guess that's a good point I think it would be a good maybe trade-off if they had one in the Premier League and they kept the Football League about so then there's still that sort of um, amount of football being shown on TV and and people could still go to matches uh, and follow teams of a good standard I mean as lowest league too there there are some very good players it's some great entertainment I think that may be a good trade-off and then the the bigger clubs can get that rest. Uh, the international players can get that rest because they they probably need it a lot more than a lot of players in League Two and League One and in the Championship because they're doing all these uh, flights away to international tournaments and, and things like that. It would be interesting to trial a winter break for only Premier League teams and see how that went. But the difficulty of that is if you trial it one year, how do you decide if it is good or not? It, it's one of those things that you it's difficult to know if, if it was worth it or whether it wasn't. Um, do you judge it by performance or do you judge it by injuries? Or It's difficult to know what to judge it by. Uh, I think we should definitely do it in tournament years because uh, I think that it, there's many things holding the English football team back, but the lack of a winter break is probably one of them. It's not the main thing holding us back by any stretch, but I, I think that it would be good to trial a winter break for only Premier League clubs. I think that's a good idea from you, Louis. I think that that there's still football on TV, there's still football going on in, in your local community and you can still go and watch it and it, it's of a good standard. And it would put a, it would shine a light on the championship because I've been surprised by the standard in this league. I didn't think it was going to be this high and I, I think it's a league that is overlooked despite the, the clubs that are in it. There's a lot of big clubs in it, but I still think it's overlooked in the media and by uh, fans of Premier League clubs so it would be great for the Championship to sort of take centre stage for a, for a few weeks and for clubs to really see the players that are in this league because I, I've been, I'm massively enjoying being in the Championship I, I'm not saying I don't want to be here forever but I've I really enjoyed uh, seeing some of these clubs play learning a lot more about uh, clubs like uh, Burton and Rotherham it's, it's really interesting so that's another area to it that, that the championship will get greater exposure, which is only good for the league. And it may even bring in more television money, which again will be good for the clubs in it. Uh, what are your thoughts on it, Andy? And personally, I think there's enough breaks during the season with the international breaks, uh, which can be disruptive. I know they're okay if you've got a few injuries to get over, but uh, a team, it can ruin the momentum of the season. And also, I think the holiday period, Boxing Day, in New Year's Day. It's a good uh, time. It's where some of the people there on match day to commitments um, can finally go and get to see a game. And, you know, it's also a time where, you know, probably members of your family that can't usually go to the game can get to go along with you. And uh, I, I think uh, the Bob Day fixture list in the New Year's Day is, is a good tradition 
in the uh, league and it's one I'd like to see remain. Uh, it might be okay for the Premier League teams, but uh, certainly from Championship League 1, League 2, I'd, I'd, I'd keep the status quo. Any thoughts on that, Louis? Um, do you think that hearing our views have changed yours at all? Um, or do you... No, I'd, I'd, have to, I'd have to agree with that. I mean, to be honest, like you say, I, I don't like it when it comes to an international break anyway. And, and, and Andy made a good point that it is a great tradition playing on Boxing Day. You know, it's, it's something that even though you look forward to Boxing Day anyway, after, around the Christmas period, it, you know, f- f- there's nothing better than the football kicking off, you know, at, at three o'clock and looking out for your team and, 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 and even going to the match. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting because this Boxing Day, Sheffield Wednesday actually travelled to Newcastle, your team, Jake, and it was something whereby I was very interested in going that day. And, you know, we, we have a chat with lads and, and we were all looking at potentially going, but then it's been moved to onto Sky, so it's like a 7.45 kickoff. So even though I'm disappointed that I won't be going to St James's Park, at the same time, I've, I'm thinking, you know what, we're going to have the lads round, we're going to have, you know, like all, all the remaining food that is left over at Christmas and we're going to sit down, have a few beers and, and watch it on Sky that evening. So, again... For me, Boxing Day football, it doesn't get any better than that, you know. So, uh, and we've got a fantastic game this this time round as well. It's, it's probably the toughest fixture for us this season. So, uh, yeah, I'm certainly looking forward to that. Yeah, I think that is the reason why that the winter break may not come into English football. It's the fact it's tradition, and it's difficult to move tradition out of football. We, we've embraced technology, but to take in football away from the Christmas period is not going to be met well by supporters. And I, I think once you, it's just difficult to change tradition. And I think this is why it's not happened yet. Um, if you spoke to sports scientists or people that are more into that side of the game, you probably get a whole load of reasons about why we should do it and why we're holding ourselves back. But I'm the same as you two. I, I, I like having football around Christmas. I don't like the international breaks, and I, I, I hope it stays. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely one that is, is going to be talked about a lot in the coming weeks. But I think we've we sort of hit the nail on the head there that you can't take away tradition. I sort of I, I do like the idea of, of maybe giving it to the Premier League. I, th- I think that is something that could be trialled, but... I don't think you'd make a blanket one across all divisions. So, yeah, we'll do, moving on to player watch now. Uh, obviously, you two both had good wins this week, so you'll have a lot to talk about in this one. We'll start with you, Louis. Who impressed in your away win to Wolves? I've talked about him a lot already, obviously. He's, he's Forest area. Again, he, he's been back to his best. We saw glimpses at Fulham last week where, you know, he were, were on form. and, and But then yesterday, it's just proved that, like I say, he's... Is the player that we saw last season, you know, his, his joint top score with five. Um, he, he scored the penalty, he, he made the penalty also, and then he, he pretty much did all the work for the second goal. His, his determination, his desire, his hunger to win the ball, um, chasing defenders down. The, the only worry I've got about Forestieri is it's getting close to January, you know, and is, is, is he going to be subject to a bid from another team, you know, Premier League or... A, a, you know, a, a top, a top six team in the championship. I don't know, but um, that's that's the only worry for me about Forestieri. It's 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 great to have him back on form because I know he's, he's not been the player this first three months that that we did see last season. Um, but when he's when he is on form and he is at his best, there's 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 not really many players that 
top him in the championship. You know, it's, it's great to have a player like that in our team because this last 15, 16 years, we, we, we haven't had that kind of quality player what can just single-handedly win a game when they want to, you know, and, and, and yesterday was certainly on fire. So I just hope that continues and, you know, we, we, I just in hoping that he doesn't get injured or, or, or whatever. But yeah, certainly going forward, he's, he's going to be a player to look out for again this season. And if, if he continues on that form, then, you know, it, it, it brings everyone around him in the team gives them that confidence and that boost. So hopefully, again, like I keep mentioning, we can kick on from here. And, and we're a couple of players and our best players with in form, such as Fan, Fernando Forestieri, how he was yesterday. You know, he, he totally dominated the game. And in parts, he, he pretty much won the game single-handedly, you know, like I've mentioned. So, uh, yeah, he was fantastic. Uh, looking at um, the weak player, uh, I'm going to have to mention Jack Hunt. Not that he particularly had a bad game, but he just seems to be recently our, our weak link. He, he had a good game against Fulham, to be honest, last weekend, but yesterday he was probably our worst performer. Um, I don't know whether, um, I've mentioned this before, but the, the, the right back, it's, it's, it's not an issue, but I don't know whether if it does get to January, you know, we'll, we'll get someone that maybe... You know, if it, we, we may look at loaning a player to come in for that spot. We have got Palmer, who's, who is consistent at right back, but Jack Hunt for me is, is, is great going forward. He's just defensively a bit unsure. I don't know whether it'd be an idea to start playing Hunt more of on a, 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 right, a right wing role away from home because at home he's generally quite good, you know, getting forward and skipping past players and and getting into into the box, but I don't know. It just it just seems a bit of a weakling defensively. So uh, he's he's going to be the um, player what disappointed for me yesterday. Yeah, moving on to you, Andy. Who impressed and disappointed for Derby? Uh, if you can't think of a player that disappointed, uh, you could always talk about a Norwich player because it would be interesting to see what your thoughts were on them. <laughs> um, who impressed me? Well, in recent weeks. Um... And uh, moving on to yesterday, I know I mentioned Max Lowe, the young left-back, but uh, Tom Ince has been like a new signing in the past few games. Um, his appetite for the game seems to be restored. He's attacking, you know, uh, as good as he did um, before. He's uh, eager getting the ball into the box, taking on players. Uh, he seems to be re- rejuvenated, and uh, this is the Tom Ince that we uh, had on loan before we bought, and this is a Tom Ince all the Derby County fans wanted to see. He's a threat in front of goal as well. Um, away at Wolves, he had a couple of goals, a couple of goals against Rotherham. Um, yesterday was always a threat going forward, but uh, on the other side of the coin, disappointment. I don't know, really, it's, it's pretty unfair single a player out saying they played badly because uh, none of them have really played badly um, if you if you must twist me arm Johnny Russell has put a lot of effort in and made a lot of runs but the the end product is lacking in the, at the moment he's playing on the left wing and uh, the balls in are just not quite the quality what we're looking for but but uh, 10 out of 10 for effort uh, what's wrong with Norwich? Uh, front three at the minute, I think. You know, uh, they, I think they had 
two shots on target yesterday. They didn't look very threatening at all. Very good in the midfield. Defence weren't bad, but uh, up front, that's where they're struggling. They're struggling to get the ball in the net. Moving on to Newcastle now. Obviously, we did not win this week, and it is slightly difficult to pick a player that impressed, but I'm going to talk about Cole Darlow. He has been slightly criticised for the goal, but I don't think he can be blamed for that. He made a few good saves to to keep it at nil nil when uh, it was still level. I'm not gonna say that. I'm not trying to say that Blackburn were all over us and we we were keeping them out by by the skin of our teeth. It wasn't like that. But at key key times, he made good saves and he often came off his line to claim the ball, which I like as a fan. Uh, the person who started in goal for Newcastle this season, Matt Sales, wasn't too good at doing that. And I think Darlow's really grown into his role as number one, and he put another good performance in yesterday. It it, it wasn't like Derby, uh, Blackburn were dominating us and putting so many shots in on goal, but when he was off to do work, he did do very well, and he impressed me. Disappointed, I guess you could talk about many players on that pitch. Nobody really played to their potential or, or what we have expected from them in weeks gone by. Alexander Mitrovic didn't take his chance. Uh, because he, uh, he was given the opportunity ahead of Dwight Gale. He did not really impress. He was dominated by the Blackburn centre-backs. Um, but Jose Perez, again, disappointed me. I'm, I'm just not sure what's happening with him at the moment. He went for a, for a run a few weeks ago, scored a few goals after I talked about him last time. So hopefully this is going to happen again this time. But he, he, I just think he's got a lot of ability. He's been looked at by Barcelona, Real Madrid. He's a very, very good player. I think the physicality of the championship is a, maybe a bit too much for him. And... He will come good again if we do go up. Um, that's what, at least what I'm hoping because he, he's really impressed me in the past. And I, I just don't know what's going on with him at the moment. Maybe it wasn't the best idea to play him against Blackburn, who who were there to sort of rough us up. It, it wasn't a game that suited him, but he didn't play very well, and, and that was sort of disappointing for me. Uh, just before we wrap up today, we'll move on to match previews. Um, we've all got matches next week, so that that there's some good ones going in there. Uh, We'll start with Newcastle for this one. Uh, we're going away to Nottingham Forest on Friday, uh, the early, the first game of the weekend. So that will be interesting. I think it's important that we bounce back with a win, because otherwise we leave the possibility of Brighton overtaking us. And while that isn't too important at this stage, it is a huge mental thing for both squads, and we can't allow that to happen. It will be interesting to see what team we put out, because we are playing on Tuesday night. We're, we're, we're one of the only two uh, championship clubs who have a midweek fixture. So I'm not sure the scheduling on that is quite right. I'm not sure we should be asked to play on Friday after playing on a Tuesday, but it is what it is. We've got a squad big enough to deal with it. So it'll be interesting to see what team we've got out. Nottingham Forest have been better recently, and it's going to be a difficult one for us. I think that they, they're they going to score goals. Their defence isn't good. It's definitely going to be one for the neutral. It, it, it should be a good game with goals. Asom Belonga, I think he's got the best goals per minute ratio in the league. So it, it's not going to be an easy game. But we are a lot better away from home, and I, I can't see Newcastle losing two on the spin. So I, I'm going to predict a win. I don't think it's going to be a pretty win. I think it's going to be maybe a 2-1 or a one niller. but I, I think we'll get the three points. Moving on to Derby. Uh, Andy, you've got a trip to Wigan. I'm guessing you're confident about that one. Yeah, can I just uh, have a, a little say on your game there? <laughs> <laughs> Help yourself, go for it. Uh, yeah, please beat them. I'm sure you will. Uh, I think your forward line will eat the likes of uh, Matt Mills alive. Uh, Mr. Asomba Longa is a very good player, but he's not playing very many minutes at the moment. I, 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 I feel very confident that uh, you'll beat them easily. Uh, moving, <laughs> on to, moving on to us, 
away at Wigan, yes, uh, very, very hopeful that uh, it's going to be another away win. Uh, they're not doing very well. However, I do expect one of their players, centre-half Jake Buxton, to have a good game. Uh, he played for us for a few years. He was brought in by Nigel Clough. Not a man of great skill, but he's a, he's a real lion heart when it comes to effort. And he will get a tremendous reception from the Derby County supporters. He's a, he's a guy that really did um, perform better than what his, his, his skill should really allow him. And, uh, you know, a, a warm welcome's guaranteed. But I think I'm looking for two or three goals for Derby there away to Wigan. Um, not counting me chickens, but pretty confident of coming away with three points. And finally, moving on to your game, Louis, you're at home to Preston North End. So on paper, that looks like a good one for you to, to build some momentum. But as we know from Wednesday, it's never straightforward. So what do you, how do you see that one going? Yeah, you're right. On, on paper, I mean, like you say, Wednesday will be favourites and you, you would expect us to take the three points. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a tough game. Uh, Preston found themselves only three points behind us in the league. Um, and to be honest, they haven't got a decent away record. Uh, sorry, they've got a decent away record, actually. I think they've won three games away from home this season. So it's it's certainly going to be tough. But like I say, when we are at home, I certainly expect Wednesday to take all three points against practically most teams in the league, to be honest. Our home form has slipped slightly in, in recent times, this, this last month or so. But I am confident enough uh, that we should go out there and and beat Preston. Uh, the, the only concern for me, they have got a couple of players what have played for us before. I just hope Aidan McGeady doesn't come back and haunt us this time. He didn't have a fantastic spell at Sheffield Wednesday, but I think he's, I hear him that he's doing okay at Preston this season. Uh, but like I said, I, I certainly expect Wednesday to win. Um, I'd be disappointed if we obviously lost or even just took a point. So I'm going to predict a Sheffield Wednesday 2-1 win on the day. Um, and like I say, it's, I, I'm confident that that can certainly happen. Seems like we're all fairly confident about next weekend. But with that, we are now out of time. If you'd just like to tell people where they can reach you, now would be a good time. So my name's Louis Shackshaft. I represent uh, Sheffield Wednesday on the podcast and for Shoot Football. If you want to tweet me or contact me, my Twitter handle is just my name. So that is at Louis Shackshaft. I'm Andy Buckley-Taylor, representing Derby County. My Twitter handle is at BuckTaylor64. And you can get my Twitter page at Jake Jackman with two N's. I write for EPL Index and The Boot Room. Uh, anything else I write will be plugged on my Twitter feed, so go check that out. Uh, we'd just like to thank you all for joining us today on the Championship Roundtable, and we hope you keep listening. Yeah.